Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join one of our locked on rooms. So let's talk about the expansion draft. Let's talk about some uh, horrendous trades happening around the NHL. I don't know what's going on. Somebody spiked uh, these GM's drinks, and luckily Tom Fitzgerald didn't fall victim to it. And also, let's talk about the entry draft because we got our guy and a guy who has a huge question mark. This is going to be a full fledged episode, so buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 12.07 a.m. Eastern Time, July 24th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And guys, I don't know about you, but my head is hurting right now from all the trades, the expansion draft, the entry draft. Yes, there's some good, there's some bad. And overall, there's just some things I need to rant about. So if you hadn't checked out the last episode, we at the Locked On podcast, Podcast Network hosted a mock draft for the first round from the first pick to the last pick. Obviously, uh, you heard my picks uh, for that Islanders pick that came at number 29. I selected Isaac Rosen from Sweden. However, he went much higher in the draft. And then obviously I said Luke Hughes and that came into fruition. We'll talk more about that later. But first, let's just do a build up. So first, let's talk about the expansion draft once again. Then let's talk about some of the trades that I saw the last few days. And trust me, there was some bad ones. Uh, a lot of teams are getting fleeced. I don't know what the market is like. I don't know what the salary cap is for a lot of teams, but let's just go based on what I see on paper, based on what I see from the notifications and overall what my colleagues are saying at Locked On. And then uh, let's go to the entry draft and you know let's uh, close it out with a good thing, which was we got our guy Luke Hughes. So obviously, you know, I guess that's a good storybook ending. But first, let's talk about the expansion draft and let's revisit that. So if you guys uh, missed the last episode from a couple days ago, I didn't really have time to elaborate on that because we had a special guest from the University of Michigan hockey program come onto this show, so I didn't really want it to make a full-fledged episode in that regards, but let's just uh, revisit my reactions to the expansion draft, and it was pretty much a letdown because, you know, when we're doing the expansion draft, you have the chance to build a great team, a team that's uh, going to be interesting to watch, a team that's going to be in the news night in and night out, because I guarantee you, now that ESPN is back uh, for the NHL, they're going to be covering the Seattle Kraken a lot, because what they're doing for not only the hockey community, but other communities as well, you know, minority communities, uh, the LGBTQ communities, whatever the case might be, uh, they've been very vocal about just reaching out to those communities and making hockey for everyone, and you know, I know it, you know it, every Everyone knows that, so there's nothing wrong with that. So obviously, a team like that is very marketable. So you know, when we're looking at the Seattle Kraken, I want to look at a team that's interesting to watch, a team that just has diamonds in the rough, and overall, just you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So obviously, a player that comes to mind from the New Jersey Devils organization is PK Subban. Now we know our uh, money situation with PK Subban. We know that you know the cap hit and what he's owed will raise a lot of question marks, but. At 
at the end of the day, you know, if the Seattle Kraken picked up someone like P.K. Subban, he's very marketable and he's well known throughout the hockey community. So if you ask an average hockey fan, they know who P.K. Subban is, maybe not for his hockey work, maybe not uh, for him, you know, being on EA Sports's NHL video game franchise or being a former Norris Trophy winner or his slap shot being so deadly while he was playing for the Montreal Canadiens. But, you know, they know who P.K. Subban is just based on the stuff that he does, you know, outside of the rink from his social media, his fashion brand, what he does for his charities, uh, for like his blue line buddies or uh, what he does for hospitals for children. So everyone knows who P.K. Subban is. That's something I would actually like to see. And that's something we've talked about on this show. I would have loved to see someone like P.K. Subban on uh, the Seattle Kraken's roster and overall see what he could potentially do. Obviously, that didn't come into fruition. And obviously, there's some other guys that were available for the taking. So obviously, you know, Carey Price, a former Vesna Trophy winner, someone who just went to the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, you know, uh, exposed himself in the draft. He told the Montreal Canadiens that he was willing to go onto the exposure list and see if the Seattle Kraken would take him. And I'm a little confused as to why they didn't uh, select him because it's just like, wouldn't you want someone like that on your team? Because, you know, I, I always tell you guys that I love older goaltenders just because I feel as though they're more reliable. And, you know, what uh, Carey Price was able to do for the Montreal Canadiens, despite being in his mid-30s, you know, I would love someone like that on my team. And he's under contract for a few more years. And, you know, like I told you, the resume speaks for itself. So I would love to see someone like Price for the Seattle Kraken or Tarasenko. And it seems like Tarasenko really wants out of the St. Louis Blues organization. So uh, that's also something I would have liked to see. Jonathan Quick, who has championship experience and also, you know, puts up some solid numbers because last season he appeared in 22 games had a overall record of 11 9 and 2 and he had a goals against average of 2.86 and a save percentage of 898 so obviously is he the goaltender that he once was no but at the same time you know he brings that championship experience because you know he did beat the New Jersey Devils in the 2012 Stanley Cup Finals over Marty Brodeur so I'm just putting that out there because I would have loved to see the Seattle Kraken select one of those players that I just listed and for those you know possible reasons so obviously they selected Giordano from the Calgary Flames so I highly anticipated that Mark Giordano is going to be the first ever captain for the Seattle Kraken organization then they also selected Adam Larson they signed him to a big deal and they also signed former all-star uh, Jamie Alexiak to a big deal so you know is he the player that he once was no but at the same time he's a former all-star he went to the all-star game in 2013 so I can't really take that away from him and they also selected both Flurry brothers Kale and Hayden so that'll be interesting to see so uh, overall would I still watch the Seattle Kraken yes but you know for the sake of just seeing what this new team is going to do at the NHL I'm curious to see if maybe they'll go to the Stanley Cup finals similar to uh, what the Vegas Golden Knights were able to do in their inaugural season highly doubted but once they come to an area close to me like New Jersey Philadelphia or when I go back out to school in Michigan and they're in Detroit I'm definitely going to buy tickets for that so the Seattle Kraken I would still watch them play just you know because uh, the interest sparks me but at the same time I just feel like they could have done a lot better because it seems like they drafted a lot of guys that just fall under the radar guys that you can uh, pursue in free agency because they're going to fall under most teams radars because they're either bottom six players, they're bottom four defensemen, and overall they went undrafted, they're unproven, they have raw talent, whatever the case might be, I get that. So like teams for like the New Jersey Devils, they selected Nathan Bastion, and obviously we didn't really have much to offer uh, the Seattle Kraken. Obviously we had players like Janssen and Butcher available, and also Subban, but you know Subban's contract, like I mentioned earlier in the show, was a question mark, and then Janssen and Butcher are too much of wild cards, so you don't really want to take a risk on those players. Bastion has been consistent. Thank you 
on one of our most consistent lines this season with Miles Wood and Mikey McLeod. So, uh, you know, I, I knew that they would select Nathan Bastion once we exposed him because if I'm the general manager, if I'm Ron Francis uh, from the Seattle Kraken, then I'm taking Nathan Bastion when I see the New Jersey Devils or the Ottawa Senators or the Detroit Red Wings because, you know, those are young teams that don't really have much to offer. But at the same time, it's just like, what about the teams that do have something to offer? And the Devils, we, we kind of had something to offer with P.K. Subban. You're telling me you couldn't take on at least one or two other big contracts to maybe you know make your team a little more interesting and build your dream team because I get that you don't want to be in the same position as the Vegas Golden Knights but you know at the same time why not take a risk because uh, in my honest opinion uh, I feel like the Seattle Kraken could have done better and like many other people I was sort of ripped off when I was seeing all these leaks of players at the Seattle Kraken drafted before the draft even took place I was just like okay maybe I'll just watch it for you know the sake of maybe a trade will happen or whatever the case might be maybe they have some side deals done apparently cap friendly revealed that the Seattle Kraken had no side deals done before the draft so I'm just like I, I, essentially I already knew who was going to get drafted before the draft even occurred and there's a theory going around town saying that the Seattle Kraken knew that this draft was going to be a letdown so they let these reporters leak this information just so you know no one was like let down or whatever the case might be or maybe they wouldn't come under fire whatever the case might be but players like Giordano uh, Larson also Gord and you know Alexiak they'll be interesting to watch and you know I'm looking forward to see what they do for the Seattle Kraken and also Brandon Tanev from the Pittsburgh Penguins he's someone I would want on the New Jersey Devils roster because I feel like he also falls under most people's radar whatever the case might be due to his impact but at the same time I just feel like they could have done better so you know there's my two cent from the draft I feel like it could have just gone much better for the Seattle Kraken I get they don't want to be like the Vegas Golden Knights but at the same time you still need to establish yourself in the NHL and you still need to make your organization exciting you need that player to you know get some butts in your seat and you know obviously I think Jordano was their biggest selection uh, in my opinion so you know, at the same time, I'm just like, okay, uh, I, I kind of feel ripped off if, if you're asking me. But like I said, Mark Giordano, I think he is going to be, uh, I guess, the focal point of uh, the Seattle Kraken in terms of marketing because, you know, here's a former Norris Trophy winner. Here's someone who has uh, appeared in a few All-Star games. He's made first All-Star team. And, you know, overall, I think he will set that impact for the Seattle Kraken. He played his entire career with the Calgary Flames since 2005. So, you know, uh, obviously that's kind of a big hole to fill if you're the Calgary Flames and you know quite honestly once his career is set and done I, I think uh, Jordano will definitely get his number retired by uh, the Calgary Flames when it's all said and done but I can't fault him for wanting a change of scenery especially with how Calgary is at right now in terms of finance and you know obviously we talked about Matthew Kachuk possibly coming to the New Jersey Devils so you know their organization it's not really um, well how would I say this let's do a pun it's kind of under fire if you know what I mean because they're the Calgary Flames whatever the case might be but anyway that's my two cent for the expansion draft now let's talk about some trades that went down so obviously you know the first trade that made me spill uh my uh water and just be like wait what they did what uh was the nadelkovich and the bernier trade between uh the detroit red wings and uh the carolina hurricanes apparently the carolina hurricanes were too cheap to uh give nadelkovich a 3.5 million dollar extension I don't know what you're doing. That You trade your second runner-up in the Calder Memorial Trophy race for a guy who thought Nelson Mandela, literally, like I, I'm not making this up, uh, Bernier thought Nelson Mandela was a famous hockey player 
uh, just Google the interview, and it took place a year after Nelson Mandela's passing. So Bernier thought Nelson Mandela was a famous hockey player, and he he should have just been more vague and just said, oh yeah, he was a great leader, and you know what, the world lost a great guy. He should have just been vague and just leave it at that. And that's my advice for anyone who uh, you know is asked that type of question and they're not um, you know too familiar with a historical uh, figure. Just be vague about it and just say, yeah, they made a huge impact on the world. So I, I don't know what they were thinking. And then um, let's focus on some of our rivals in the East Division, shall we? So first for the Sabres and the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers wanted Rasmus Ristolainen. So who did they trade? Well, first they traded Robert Haig, and then they traded their first round pick in this year's draft and also their 2023 second round draft pick. I'm sorry, Flyers, what are you thinking? So if you guys uh, are a religious listener to my show, I obviously did a Silly Season episode involving Rasmus Ristolainen and him possibly coming to the New Jersey Devils because I was hearing rumors saying that the Devils were interested in his services from the Buffalo Sabres and that he was in the midst of some trade discussions. But at the same time, I was just like, you know what, maybe we should hold back on Rasmus Ristolainen because while his offense and power play is solid his defense is a question mark and he's a defenseman so I don't think he would help us uh with our holes in in that regard so you know I was just saying stay away from Rasmus Ristolainen the fact that the Flyers traded a top 15 draft pick to get Rasmus Ristolainen they are idiotic I don't know uh who's spiking the drinks in the NHL for GMs to be pulling off stupid moves and it's not going to stop there by the way but I'm just like wait a minute wait a minute can we slow down for a minute is Rasmus Ristolainen line really worth your first uh, overall selection in this year's NHL draft are you saying that Rasmus Ristolainen will fix your problems quicker than a prospect um, you know, obviously this draft wasn't deep. I'll give the Flyers that. But at the same time, you don't trade your first uh, round pick for someone like Rasmus Ristolainen. That just doesn't make any sense. Rasmus Ristolainen, he, there's nothing special about him. He's not worth a first round pick. You know, when I was doing my silly season discussion, I said, if the Devils are, are willing to, you know, trade for Rasmus Ristolainen, if they want him that bad, then I say, you know, trade a late round draft pick and maybe a low-level prospect, and that's the most I'll go. And as Rick Harris from uh, Pawn Stars would say, I am taking all the risk here. Because it's just like Rasmus Ristolainen, he, he's just too much of a wild card, similar to Janssen and Butcher. And quite honestly, I think Rasmus Ristolainen wouldn't really fix our answers either. So for the Flyers, I don't know what you're thinking in that regards, but, you know, uh, it doesn't stop there. Let's go out to New York, shall we? So the New York Rangers will receive Sammy Blay in a 2022 second-round pick. And guess who they had to give up? Buchnevich, Buchnevich, Buchnevich. They had to give him up a top six player for Sammy Blay. That's all it took to get Buchnevich? Maybe we should have gone after him. So, you know, obviously Buchnevich's uh, defense is a question mark, but his offense is pretty solid. I would love to have someone like Buchnevich on my roster. So I, I don't know what the Rangers are thinking. You're getting Sammy Blay. So uh, if we do some research here, let's look up Sammy Blay real fast. So Sammy Blay, uh, last season, while playing for the St. Louis Blues organization, he appeared in 36 games, had eight goals, seven assists for a grand total of 15 points. That's obviously the centerpiece of your trade because who's trading Bushnevich, a top six player for a second round pick that makes no sense so it's just like why are you trading your top six player for a bottom six player unless this was a salary dump I, I don't know what they're thinking so Bushnevich uh, is heading to uh, the St. Louis Blues and quite honestly guys I'm loving uh, the mistakes that our rivals are making because I'm not going to question it, okay? I'm not going to question it, but at the same time, 
I'm a little concerned because that's all it took. I would have gladly given up one of our bottom six players. I'll give you Bofquist and I'll give you uh, Mikey McLeod for Bushnevich, quite honestly, because last season, Bushnevich appeared in 54 games. He had 20 goals, 28 assists for a grand total of 48 points. I would love a player like that on my roster. Like I said, I don't know the salary cap situation for the New York Rangers, but I'm just questioning this move right here. This doesn't really make any sense in my perspective. So I don't I don't know why they're trading away Bushnevich for uh, Sammy Blay. So uh, I, 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 that's a huge question mark in my opinion because you just traded your top six player for a bottom six player. I, I'm just like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. What are you doing? And now let's go over to Chicago and Columbus because like I told you guys, since the uh, Blackhawks got rid of uh, Duncan Keith, it kind of paved the way for them to get Seth Jones. Now, it, like I told you guys, if you're a religious listener of my show, you know that I'm kind of big on Seth Jones. Like I have nothing against him and his overall impact because I still feel like he has uh, a lot to prove for a team. I feel like a change of scenery is what uh, someone like Seth Jones needs in order to provide uh, the overall impact that you desire from him. Obviously, he was an alternate captain for the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. But the one question mark I had was the fact that he requested out of uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets organization and said that he would not resign with them after his contract is up. Surprise, guys. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in the year 2022. That's this upcoming offseason. Now, obviously, I'm sure some contract negotiations are in the works between him and the Blackhawks. I don't know what the case might be. Maybe I missed an article. But the reason why I told the New Jersey Devils not to pursue Seth Jones is not because of his style of play. It's just that his contract, uh, you know, could this be a rental? Would he want to go to the New Jersey Devils? Obviously, I believe he did have a no-movement clause in uh, effect, so obviously he has some sort of say in his deal. But like I said, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season, so I'm just like, pursue him in free agency. Don't pursue him when, you know, he's under contract for one more year. He obviously has some history of being a diva. He wants out of Columbus, so obviously, you know, if he wants out of that situation, just let the uh, gasoline do its business with the fire, wait for the offseason to occur, and then... And go after someone like Seth Jones so that way you have some more security in terms of what his mindset is but you know overall trading for him is a huge risk and what did the Blue Jackets uh, get in return from the Blackhawks they got two first round picks the 12th overall pick in this year's uh, draft and another first round pick in next year's draft and they also got a second round pick in this year's draft this makes no sense for the Blackhawks why would you give up that much for a potential rental like I told you guys I don't know what the contract negotiations are like for Seth Jones maybe I did see something that uh, the Blackhawks are working on an extension but I'm just like I could couldn't you go a little easier on that and also uh, Adam Boquist who is the uh, young Younger brother of Jesper Boquist, of who plays for the New Jersey Devils, was involved in the deal. He is going to Columbus, so I'm just like, wait, wait a minute. Why can't uh, we trade our Boquist? Why can't we get rid of him? Because personally, I don't like Jesper Boquist. I think he's pretty much done here in New Jersey. So uh, Adam Boquist is heading to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and we're just gonna wait to trade his older brother, quite honestly, because I can't take it anymore uh, with with uh, his overall lackluster production. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, you know, I like Seth Jones. I like what he brings to any team. I still feel like he has a lot of uh, gas left. You know, he's 26. He's still relatively young. He's a big defenseman. He stands six foot four. And overall, guys, I'm not on the bandwagon saying that Seth Jones is done. I'm just on the bandwagon saying he just gave up 
on Columbus because who would want to be in that circus, quite honestly? They make the Jackson 5 look normal. So it's just like I would want out of that organization. So it's just like, um, you know, maybe he just gave up on them and he just wants a new change of scenery. And I'm willing to take that risk on someone like Seth Jones because I feel like he could provide a lot for our uh, organization. And like I told you guys, he did relatively well for the Columbus Blue Jackets in the power play uh, opportunity. He had uh, eight power play points and he had two power play goals. So if you insert him into the New Jersey Devils roster and he had those same stats, then he would be tops on our team in that regards in terms of power play production. And remember, that's an area that we uh, were completely lacking in this past season. So like I said, I love Seth Jones, but I don't think I love him that much to give away two first round pick so they gave up uh the Blackhawks they gave up their first round pick in this year's NHL draft and next year so you know that's a huge risk and I'm not sure if I'm willing to take that huge risk especially for someone who's a rental so I really hope this works out for the Blackhawks but uh I don't I don't know that that that's something that I'm just like ooh, okay be careful now let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks they got rid of their mistakes they got rid of Louis Erickson Antoine Roussel and Jay Beagle in exchange for Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Those Canucks will be interesting to watch next season. As for the Arizona Coyotes, why on earth would you reward the Vancouver Canucks for making mistakes for obtaining those players? So just to give you guys some reference, like Louis Erickson, he has a good track history, but his injury history and his overall decline, uh, with especially with the Canucks organization, has just gone downhill. In fact, I think the first uh, impact that Erickson left was accidentally scoring on his own goal about four years ago. So quite honestly, that kind of sums up his his career with the Canucks so obviously Erickson has had to deal with injury he barely played last season so why are you rewarding the Canucks by getting rid of their mistakes obviously Roussel and uh, Beagle those are bottom six players like uh, Roussel is not a good center Beagle is not a good winger so why are you giving up those kind of players why are you giving up your captain for essentially just nothing it, it, like seriously like I, I'm glad they got a pick out of it but come on don't, can't you guys do a little better than that I mean seriously I don't know why so many teams are getting fleeced nowadays it's ridiculous so uh you know I'll, I'll give the Coyotes credit they got the 2021 uh first round pick from the Canucks they also got a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 seventh round pick so you know they got some picks out of it but at the same time I think they could have done better because, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson, that's your captain. Like I said, those Canucks, they are going to be very interesting to watch next season. That's a team that I might roll with in uh, the next shell game, quite honestly, because, you know, Oliver Ekman Larson, Connor Garland heading up north to Vancouver. Like I said, that's going to be very interesting because uh, last season, Larson appeared in 46 games. He had three goals, 21 assists for a grand total of 24 points. He has overall great impact uh, for any defense that he is on. So, you know, Larson uh, in Vancouver, you, you look out. That defense in Vancouver, boy, I'll tell you. So, I, I, I don't know what uh, these teams are thinking. I don't know who's spiking these drinks, but it's just like, what are you guys thinking? What are you guys on? I guess the only trade that I'm okay with is the Blackhawks and the Columbus Blue Jackets trade because, you know, the Blackhawks get their guy. And let me just say this. The Blackhawks, they still had a first-round pick. They just traded down in that regard. So they got the 32nd overall pick in this year's draft, and they also got a 2022 uh, sixth-round pick. But obviously, that will amount to nothing. That's just, you know, for collateral damage purposes. But overall, I think that's the only trade I'm talking 
palatable with because all the other trades that I just listed just leave a big question mark because the Coyotes are rewarding the Canucks for making mistakes for signing three guys that amounted to nothing for their organization. Uh, the Rangers traded a top six player for a bottom six player and a 2022 second round pick. I don't know what's going on out there. The Flyers gave up their first round pick for a guy who's very inconsistent and only has solid numbers on the offensive power play. But overall, his defense is a big question mark. But we'll see if, you know, if, you know, an upgrade in team will help him in that regards. And then obviously for the Carolina Hurricanes, they were too cheap to, uh, you know, extend their second runner up in the Calder Memorial Trophy. So, I don't know what's going on, but you know what? I'm glad Tom Fitzgerald is not in that same boat as the other GMs. I would much rather be patient than, you know, getting fleeced like that. Because I thought we got fleeced for the Zajac and Paul Mary trade, but at least we got a first-round pick out of it. Now, let's move on to the real draft. The entry draft, where young prospects are going to punch their ticket to the NHL, and it's the first step to an amazing career. But first, I have to give you guys the first and only live read this morning, and it comes from Bill Barr because I am low on energy, and I need to take a Bill Barr because I am recording this episode so late at night or early in the morning, however you want to consider it, and it's just been a long few days in the NHL and for the New Jersey Devils. So did you know that Bill Barr has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Barr fan, they're definitely passionate about their phase. If you don't know the Bill Barr flavor, while well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? I love coconut because I'm about to go on vacation. So if you've tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of the each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars ever, but they're super healthy as well. So check out these statistics. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today and get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like. So Bill Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go Team USA. Am I right? So the offer is go to BillBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off at BillBar.com. So obviously the New Jersey Devils had the fourth overall selection in this year's NHL entry draft. And I said there is no possible way that they can screw this up because it's right there for them on a silver platter. Their guy is most likely going to be there. And like I told you guys uh, during the draft lottery, I was actually satisfied with where we were going to be picked. Because uh, the fourth overall selection, it's not too far down. But at the same time, it's not too high up where we're going to have to be forced to select like, Owen Power or Matt Beneers because usually for the draft and this is you know confusing for a lot of people but usually you don't draft the best available player you draft the player that best fits your needs so what I mean by that is just like you know do we theoretically need another left-handed defenseman especially since we just traded for one just a few weeks ago no not exactly but at the same time it's still nice to have so like obviously you have to draft uh, Owen Power. If you don't draft Owen Power, you got to draft Matt Beneers because, you know, those are, you know, obviously the consensus of the top two selections. So that's what a lot of people just, uh, you know, misunderstand uh, about the draft is just that, you know, you don't draft the best uh, player available. You draft the player that best fits your needs. And you know what? That's just what we need right now. So uh, for the Devils, like I said, fourth overall selection. So I just said there is very little they could do 
to screw this up. So obviously, you know, the consensus was Owen Power, Matt Benier, Simon Evanson, Luke Hughes, Dylan Gunther, Brant Clark, uh, you know, William Eklund. So, you know, that was uh, what people were projecting the draft to go. So obviously, you know, I talked about those Wolverine boys at the top two positions. Then obviously it was going to be a toss up between like Luke Hughes, Simon Evanson, Dylan Gunther, William Eklund, uh, Brant Clark. But what if I told you guys that those players were available for the New Jersey Devils to select? So what do I mean by that? So obviously, you know, we knew who the top two picks were going to be. I'm not going to say their names again because I think you get the point. But the X factor that I forgot to mention was, you know, obviously I was talking about the Seattle Kraken and just saying like, you know, uh, we're doing these mock drafts and they don't even have a roster set. We don't know what they need. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think people were accepting the fact that Matt Beniers and Owen Power were the two people that uh, the, the top two selected teams had to uh, pick. Like I told you guys, you get that draft pressure where you, you have no choice but to draft, you know, the first overall pick that everyone agrees with. So, you know, uh, we, we go to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. And they selected, surprisingly, Mason McTavish. You, you, you heard that right. So it's just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He was projected to go in the top 10, but not third overall. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, whoa. Now we have some options here because we projected for the Ducks to maybe get Brant Clark, William Eklund, Dylan Gunther, Simon Edvinson, maybe even swipe away Luke Hughes from us. Or I would be more happy if uh, Ken Johnson went third overall or Jesper Wallstead because I was seeing some mock drafts of Jesper Wallstead potentially going to the New Jersey Devils or I think the favorite was the Detroit Red Wings. Obviously, that plan kind of changed when the Red Wings got Alexander Nedeljkovic from the Carolina Hurricanes uh, day before the draft. So obviously, like I told you guys, Plans can change in a matter of uh, 48 hours, so it was very interesting to see. But, you know, like I told you guys, those players were available for the taking for the New Jersey Devils because McTavish, you know, I'm sure, like I said, I saw in mock drafts him going top 10, top 15, whatever the case might be, but not third overall. And even Jason Hernandez of Locked On Ducks was surprised with that pick. Literally, I was just saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. They're taking him at third overall? Now we have some options here because now the puck is in our court. So obviously, who are we going to draft? So the one question mark I had for Luke Hughes, and this doesn't really apply to him as a player. This just applies to our roster structure like I was mentioning a few moments ago because we have three left-handed defensemen. You know, we obviously have Ty Smith, who was all-rookie team this past season. Then we have uh, Ryan Graves, who we just traded for. And then we got Lindy Ruff's uh, favorite player, or one of them, Jonas Siegenthaler, all left-handed defensemen for the New Jersey Devils, and all three of them are relatively young, and, and based on the reports I'm hearing, all three of them will be in the future plans for the New Jersey Devils. So I don't care what anyone says about Ryan Graves saying that he's going to be a bottom four defenseman, saying that uh, you know his impact won't really matter for the New Jersey Devils. I don't want to hear any of that. I believe Ryan Graves will have a you know, a big enough impact for the New Jersey Devils. Will be a will it be a major impact? No. Like I told you guys in my Ryan Graves episode, I'll be conservative about that trade. But at the same time, it, it does have a lot of upside and a lot of potential because, you know, a former AHL All-Star back in 2016. But, you know, I'm digressing a little bit. But, you know, the point is we have three young left-handed defensemen and obviously there's only three defensive lines. So it's just like, you know, do we really need to trade Luke Hughes, uh, another left-handed defenseman? Because, you know, shouldn't we draft someone like Brant Clark, who's a right-handed defenseman, just to even it out. Because like I told you guys, the main point why I wanted to draft a defenseman was to develop someone alongside Ty Smith. And the last time the New Jersey Devils used uh, their first overall selection in a draft 
to select a defenseman, specifically a left-handed defenseman, was Ty Smith back in 2018 at the 17th overall uh, pick. So I'm just saying, like, you know, the Devils have had a history of, you know, selecting uh, a defenseman with their first overall pick and it working out for them because Ty Smith ended up becoming all-rookie team. Now, the thing is, who do we develop alongside Ty Smith? Because one of the reasons why I, you know, admire Ty Smith was that he was a rookie last season, yet he was carrying our defensive unit. So Subban, you know, while he was, you know, decent enough, he wasn't worth the money that we were giving him. Murray was just nowhere to be seen. Butcher was nowhere to be seen. Severson was, you know, decent to good at times, but, you know, at the same time, i much rather have Ty Smith. So the question was, who are we going to develop alongside Ty Smith? And it's just like, do, do we really need Luke Hughes? Because I think nepotism kind of plays a factor here. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that Brant Clark deserved to go to the New Jersey Devils, but I'm just saying, like, you know, obviously Brant Clark does have a brother playing in the New Jersey Devils organization. His name is Graham. So, obviously, when you think of Graham Clark, you don't really think of the future plans for the New Jersey Devils. But, you know, obviously, that's um, a discussion for another time. But, you know, I don't think the role of nepotism would play a major factor in the Devils selecting uh, his brother Brant and, you know, saying, hey, Graham, do you want uh, your brother to come alongside you? Because let's be honest, I don't think Graham Clark is in the future plans for the New Jersey Devils. Do you think so? I personally don't. So, you know, there's that. So I was just thinking, you know, I was entertaining the thought saying, like, maybe we don't draft Luke Hughes. Maybe we draft uh, someone like Brant Clark or, you know, maybe someone else to just help even out the defense for the New Jersey Devils. But then I realized, and some of you told me that Ty Smith can play the right-handed defenseman position, and he actually did a pretty good job in that regard. So, you know, in, in terms of just developing our guys it'll really depend on what happens with Luke Hughes obviously we don't have to worry about that for a minute because he is um, committed to play at the University of Michigan and his plan is to go to Ann Arbor and play for uh, that college team before uh, coming over to the NHL and then obviously once that season ends I'm pretty sure we'll sign his entry-level deal and then he'll join the Utica comments and just uh, start from there and then you know build his way up but at the end of the day it's just like you know um, who, who are we going to develop alongside Ty Smith and I think we found it. Luke Hughes, like I said, was one of the best players available on the draft, despite the uh, Anaheim Ducks putting us in a very interesting position where we could have drafted somebody else because, you know, there was obviously a lot of good players available for the taking. And this is one of the reasons why I liked drafting, uh, you know, fourth overall, because you kind of get that, wait a minute, that X factor a little bit, despite uh, us, you know, just coming three picks after, um, you know, the first name is called, whatever the case might be. But, you know, it's just like, um, I, I, I guess I'm satisfied with uh, getting Luke Hughes because, like I said, a great two-way player. His only question mark is his defense because he's a little too jumpy in that regards. But like his brother, he knows how to handle the puck. He knows how to create shots for himself. He did miss a lot of games this past season due to a foot injury, and I think that did hurt his overall draft stock a little bit because like I told you guys earlier in the episode, there were rumors saying that Luke Hughes could go first overall in this year's draft. But like I said, you know, that's all speculation. Mock drafts are all subjective. But, you know, now we got our guy. Uh, Jack Hughes got his little brother and maybe could Quinn, uh, you know, uh, not sign an extension with the Vancouver Canucks and come over to the New Jersey Devils and we form a brother trio? I don't know what the case might be. And speaking of brothers playing on the same team, so obviously I talked about the Flurry brothers uh, playing for uh, the Seattle Kraken in their inaugural season. But, you know, uh, one of you brought to my attention that, you know, uh, Luke Hughes playing with Jack Hughes might be a little confusing in terms of development and it might be a little difficult. I say I don't think that's true. I, because, you know, I, I, I've played sports with my brothers before. Yes, you can get 
that sibling rivalry at times, but at the same time, it's actually pretty nice to play with your brother and, you know, just um, you, you practice with your brother, you uh, go to school with your brother, you live in the same household as your brother. Do Is it all peaches and cream? No. You know, brothers fight. And obviously, I expect Luke and Jack to fight at times, maybe butt heads. Obviously, I'm sure, you know, if there is an issue, they'll handle it at home and they don't have to go to the media for this. And maybe they'll get their grandmother or their mother or their dad to moderate it, whatever the case might be. So, you know, I, even though it, it could uh, have some sibling rivalry at time, I think they'll put it aside for the sake of the team because I think uh, similar to his brother Jack and Quinn, I think uh, Luke is all about just playing for the team because, you know, he said uh, his overall goal this season was to help the uh, Michigan Wolverines, you know, bring a championship back home to Yost Arena where they play at. So I think Luke Hughes knows uh, there's no I in team. So uh, I, I, overall, I think Luke Hughes will be a great addition for this New Jersey Devils roster. And I'm excited to see his development alongside Ty Smith and just overall see what he and his brother can do. So I expect for them to, uh, you know, while Jack plays on the top line and if Luke Hughes gets to that point because uh, Jack Hughes is either going to play on the uh, first or second line, whatever the case might be. But, you know, once uh, Luke Hughes is brought up to the NHL, then I cannot wait for him to do those breakout or those stretch passes that scouts were raving about him uh, for so long to his brother and his brother scores the goal. So I expect to see a lot of assist to goal um, assistance between those two brothers in that regard. So I'm really looking forward to Luke Hughes once he's ready to play at the NHL level. And we'll talk more about him in a future episode. But, you know, obviously there was another pick for the New Jersey Devils, and that was the Islanders pick. So this is a little, um, how would I say it? I guess unpredictable and a little disappointing because we essentially traded Kyle Palmieri and uh, Travis Zajac for this uh, pick. So this player has a lot to... Uh, uh, you know, live up. So with the 29th overall pick in the NHL draft, the New Jersey Devils selected Chase Stillman. So Chase Stillman, the thing about him is that, you know, he's a big guy. He's a very physical uh, type of player because he's a center. He appeared in 58 games while playing for the OHL and he spent 63 minutes in the penalty box. But however, his stats aren't really eye popping. He put up 13 goals, 21 assists for a grand total of 34 points. That's in 58 games played, like I mentioned. So it's just like, and it's nothing impressive, but at the same time, maybe the New Jersey Devils see some potential in him. Or, you know, I'm just seeing some guys saying like, oh, man, the New Jersey Devils were like us. They were just burnt out when they got to this pick. So, obviously, that's something I would like to talk about in a future episode and talk more about what Chase Stillman brings to an organization. And it's worth mentioning that this is going to be another um, uh, son that the New Jersey Devils pick up because, obviously, we got Nolan Foote, the son of Adam Foote. Uh, Chase Stillman is the son of two-time Stanley Cup champion Corey Stillman. And Corey Stillman was a two-time champion. He won his championships with the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2004 and the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006. He was an AHL All-Star back in 19. 1995, and he's been in the NHL for actually quite a while. He, his playing career uh, was 1993 to 2011, and he was the sixth overall pick back in the 1992 NHL draft by the Calgary Flames. So obviously, his son is also a first-round pick just like him, but obviously his father was selected higher. So we'll have to see what happens, and he is currently an assistant coach for the Arizona Coyotes. So once the Devils play the Coyotes and uh, Stillman gets to the NHL level, whatever the case might be, uh, that's something I would look forward to. So hopefully his dad is still there once uh, he gets to the NHL level. But 
Uh, overall, I'm a little confused about that pick, and I think a lot of people are too, but uh, my theory is, and similar to a lot of other people's theories, I think the Devils, similar to us, were just burnt out. So when you see the fourth overall selection, we get Luke Hughes. It's like, you know, being on that roller coaster, it's just like, yeah, we're at the top of the top, and then, oh yeah, we still have a draft to get to. So low of the low, and it's just like, no, no one was really talking about that Islanders pick at the 28th overall selection, and neither was I, quite honestly, because it was just like, yeah, whatever. It, I, don't, I don't know what the case might be, but, you know, like I said, I'm willing to give Stillman a chance. We'll see what happens, but I, it wouldn't be my first uh, pick in that um, regards. But like I said, he does have potential. He comes from a family of hockey players, so maybe the Devils just see something in him that we don't. So we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. Like I said, I like his physicality. I like his tenacity, and I like his um, his overall toughness. But, you know, at the same time, it's just like uh, – uh, that's a little iffy, but, you know, that that's all I have for in that regard. So let me know what you guys think. Man, we jumped all over the board. We talked about the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. We talked about some trades that happened in the NHL, and we talked about the entry-level draft in all in one episode. So that was really interesting, uh, and thank you guys for sticking by me uh, through the entirety of this episode. Now, I do need to tell you guys something. So uh, come uh, the next episode, which will either go up on Monday or Tuesday, I will actually be on vacation. So if the Devils do make a major deal in terms of trades or free agency signing, unfortunately, I will not be able to get to it for about two weeks. So I'm going to be out of town uh, next week and uh, partly the week after. So uh, I will provide you guys with some episodes next week. I was able to uh, link with some Devils news personalities, including uh, Robert Inkin Jr., who's uh, been on this show before, uh, Dan Rice, Alex uh, Chalvensi. So obviously, uh, we're going to have a lot of Devils personalities uh, just giving their overall reflection on this past season. Uh, some of the discussions that I did have did take place before some major events. So uh, obviously, I didn't talk to any of them uh, after the uh, entry draft. I talked to some of them after the expansion draft, and then you know before uh, you know all the trades uh, broke out amongst the NHL, where we're all just spitting out our uh, water, saying, "Wait, this happened." But you know, overall, just wanted to give you guys uh, that uh, quick disclaimer. So. Uh, yeah, uh, next week I will not be able to uh, give you guys the up-to-date of what's going on for the Devils. If they pursue Dougie Hamilton, then unfortunately I won't be able to get to it for a few weeks, but I do want to provide you guys some content. So uh, as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. So you got my opinions on the expansion draft, uh, the most recent trades that happened in the NHL that made me uh, just spill my cereal, spit out my milk, whatever the case might be. And now you got my opinions on the entry draft. We got our guy and another guy who uh, I guess fell under a lot of people's radars because he wasn't really ranked that relatively high uh, by any uh, mock draft. So we'll see what happens. I think uh, Stillman uh, was a second round selection, but obviously we traded our second round pick for Ryan Graves. So we'll see what happens. But go Devils and I will catch you guys in the next episode. And I will also join you guys live uh, once I return from vacation. So thanks for listening. I appreciate your guys' understanding as I am going on vacation next week.